Before we get into the message today, we have kind of a special treat uh, this Sunday. We, as the elders have kind of been working through this uh, while Tom's been sick and, and out, it's kind of come to our attention that maybe we've been slacking a little bit in the child dedication department. <laughs> um, so we're going we're gonna to try to fix that. Traditionally, I know at least in the time that Vicki and I have been here, we, we've only done one child dedication, and I think that's maybe roughly five years-ish. Um, and as a matter of fact, the last time we did a child dedication, I know that Anna was pregnant with Philip. So, <laughs> um, so we're going to do that today. Um, and I wanted to talk just briefly real quick about what, what a child dedication is and, and what it means to Bethany. We talked about it at elders meeting this week for, for quite some time. And we, we here at Bethany do a, a dedication in place of an infant baptism. Um, we, we believe that baptism is something that we can save until the children are old enough to make their own decision for Jesus. Um, but the dedication, as, as we've kind of defined it here at the church, is, is really three things. And I just want to run through these quickly. The first, it's a promise by the parents to God. I mean, yes, the dedication is about the children, but it's really about the parents promising to God to raise their children in a Christ-filled home. Um, we know that we're not perfect. We know that we're going to mess up along the way. But it, it's a promise to God to try our very doggone hardest to, to raise our kids in a home filled with Him. Uh, secondly, it's a promise by all of you. You, you didn't know you are going to be put on the spot today, did you? <laughs> um, but it, it's also a promise by the church to kind of be the supporting cast, the supporting role to families as, as they raise their children. Um, we're acknowledging that the parents have the lead role, without a doubt. Uh, but it, it's a lot of work raising kids, as a lot of you know, and, and we need help. And as a church body, we want to make sure that parents feel the love and support of believers and know that they can lean on us uh, when times call for it. So we are a supporting cast. And lastly, it's acknowledging that we need help along the way, right? We, we can't raise our kids without Jesus. Um, he has to be in our lives and in our house. And we're asking him to come do that, to come invade our lives, to come fill our homes and help us raise our kids, right? Um, there, I wasn't given any sort of template, per se, for the child dedication. So this week I was researching a whole bunch of different churches and different ways that it was done and, and trying to kind of craft our own little uh, way of doing it. And I ran across this description. It's McLean Bible Church. I have no idea where they're at. It could be on the moon for all I know. If, if someone's listening from that church, I'm not trying to rip your stuff off. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's so good that we wanted to borrow it. And this is how they define a child dedication. I'm just going to read this to you quickly. It says, The word dedicate means to set aside or commit to a sacred purpose. The dedications means committing a child to God and God's purpose. In one sense, that is what every Christian parent wants to do. But in another sense... Parents cannot actually make this decision on behalf of their children as much as they might wish to. Right? Each child will one day have, have to make his or her own personal decision about whether or not to commit him or herself to God. Parents can guide, teach, pray for, and lead their children, but parents cannot choose a path for their child. 
So even though we speak of dedicating the child to the Lord, dedication is really a matter of parents dedicating themselves to the Lord. Um, and I just I thought that was pretty spot on. Um, one thing that I kind of found missing in a lot of my research on child dedication was scripture. <laughs> a, a, lot, a lot of the vows, a lot of the promises lacked lacked scripture. Um, so I just I found three that I thought were really important and fit well. I'm going to run through those quickly, and then we'll jump into it. Um, I'm going to start off in Deuteronomy. For those of you that wish to follow along, there's Bibles in, in the chairs in front of you. You're welcome to dive in there, or, or we have them for you up here. Um, Deuteronomy, do we, do we have the Deuteronomy one? Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9 starts here. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. We've heard that, right? A lot of us have heard these words. But it seems often that these next couple of verses are left out. It says, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as a frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. This is what... A Christian-filled house looks like, right? Deuteronomy tells us that teaching our kids these values is very important. Okay, I'm going to run through these quickly because we've got a lot to do today. Uh, Ephesians is where we're headed next. Ephesians 6.4 says this, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Don't provoke your children. Guide them, discipline them, teach them right from wrong. There's a very fine line between that and provoking. And we don't, I don't always get it right. I'll admit that. But that's the goal, right? These verses are important because they will be in in our vows of dedication. So hang on to these. Okay, lastly, I want to jump over to the third letter of John, uh, right towards the end of the Bible there. Uh, Right at the very beginning in verse 4. John says this in his introduction. He says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Not only John, but Jesus and God. There is no greater treasure in the world than to know that their children are walking in the truth of him. And that, that's the promise we're making in our dedications is to do our very darndest to raise our kids that way. Um, so, that being said... I'm going to dive into it. Now, as I said, we've only done like one of these in like the last five years, and it just so happened that particular Sunday, my family was with my kids, were with my grandparents on the farm. <laughs> so Vicki and I have actually never had the opportunity to dedicate our children. Um, and since I've never done this before, I figured why not use them as guinea pigs, right? <laughs> we'll get it figured out with them, and then we can get everyone else uh, set straight. So I have asked Ed, kind of unbeknownst to him until a few minutes ago, to uh, jump in and help us here, because I didn't feel right doing my own. Um, So while Ed's coming up here, if my family would come up, that would be awesome. Ed, I have, all you have to do is read. I I, I got it. Arrow to arrow. Good? Okay. This should be easy. So no improv. 
No improv. Well, if, as the spirit leads, right? All three of you. Yeah. This thing on? I don't, are we hot, Jermaine? Is this on? Okay, thank you. See, we've got Hoyt and Jace and Ada. How you doing? All righty. So why don't you introduce us to your family? Well done. I think you got it. Okay. <laughs> Jason, come on, man. Stand up here with me, please. And now, are there any other special family members that you've got here today? I believe Vicky's parents wanted to come up with this. this come on up. Yeah. yeah. Here, we can slide this out of the way, too. How about we... So in, I got my notes over here. I'm sorry. Oh. Carry on. So in preparing for today, you were asked to prepare a few words to express what dedication means to you. So why don't you share that with us? What, what Vicky and I have for you today is we wrote a little something for each one of our kids, um, just kind of for them. And so I'm going to read a couple, and I think Vicky's going to read one. But Hoyt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start with you, buddy. This is my oldest. This is Hoyt going into second grade this year. Hoyt, you have such a tender and giving heart. You're humble and thoughtful. You're big on the outside but soft on the inside. We pray that you will always keep your love for people. Your quiet nature speaks loudly to all of those around you. You truly are a quiet leader, and we thank God every day for the person you are becoming. Even in the toughest times, we pray that Jesus will give you the strength to be calm and to be strong. My oldest... I think Vicky, Jace, mom's gonna. Jace, your energy, while sometimes tiring, truly shows your passion for each and every day. Your quick wit and infectious laugh are two of your gifts from God. We pray for you that you never lose your zeal and your zest for life. May your life be full of adventure. March forward as a superhero for Jesus. This we pray for you. God has truly best blessed us with a gift that is you, our super Jace. <laughs> Little inside joke. Jace loves his cape, and we always call him Super Jace. He's our Super Jace. Huh? Uh, lastly... Uh, Ada Marie here, she's two. Um, Ada was named after Vicky's great-grandmother, Mary's mom. Um, Ada, you are so beautiful inside and out. You share a smile as big as the rainbow with your mom, your grandma, and your great-grandmother, Ada. I know your mom sees your great-grandma's bright eyes and happy-go-lucky laughter with the woman you share a name with. You are a blessing to us each and every day. We pray that God keeps your life full of Ada-like laughter and smiles. May you be a light to those around you in a way that makes the angels in heaven dance. You, too, are a gift from above. What is so nice about that is you do truly know your kids, and I can see just from the little that I've been around them, the, the nature that you've picked up in each one of them. And truly, gift from God. 
each one of them. So now we get to the hard questions. Not real hard. Not real hard. Yeah. <laughs> and Ryan's younger than I am, and so the type font on here is a little oh. smaller. <laughs> when, I, when I write my stuff down, I use like a 16-point font, and this is somewhere in the neighborhood of about four, I think. I <laughs> so as you are here today, this is Ryan and Vicki. Before God and his beloved people, do you understand that you are making a promise to the Almighty himself? And in partnership with those who have called, who had answered his call that are here today, to provide Hoyt, Jace, and Ada a Christian home filled with love, peace, grace, and mercy. And do you vow to raise each of them in the truth of our Lord's instruction, such as those stated in Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6? Do you also vow to encourage and invest in your child's life, children's life, so that they too may one day have the opportunity to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? We do. We do. Lastly, I ask the church body of believers here today, according to the old proverb, it takes a village to raise a child, do you offer your help, your counsel, your grace, and your accountability to Ryan and Vicki as they pursue Jesus Christ and ask him to fill both their home and their lives of themselves and of their children with the love, grace only Jesus can provide, knowing that God's greatest treasure is seeing his children walk with him, such as stated in 3 John. In true Bethany fashion, we would like to invite any of you who would like to come and lay hands on one of God's families as we pray for Jesus to encourage this family in their great adventure of life. So come on up. Father God, we are so thankful for Hoyt, for Jace, for Ada. What a blessing. And we know that you're smiling down right now, saying these are my little ones. And we know how much you love little ones. Father, Ryan and Vicki have come here today to dedicate themselves to raising these children to come to know you. And Father, that's exactly what we ask. That as these children grow, that they would grow in knowledge of you and that they would grow in faith. And that you would truly bless each one of them with a knowledge of who you are. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ed. Crest it. Here for each family for all the dedications today are a little packet here. It contains a certificate for each child, a uh, letter to the parents, and then also a letter to each child for when they if and when they decide to accept Jesus into their life. So there's the packet. And then 
Nicole Ferguson, who is our children's director, uh, has Bibles for the kids. A couple of them have already gotten Bibles, uh, but Jace and Ada don't have theirs yet. So there's a note inside from Nicole to the kids. So there we go. Okay. I would love it if you guys would welcome to the floor the Hines family. Come on up. glitter. <laughs> All right, let me get myself square here. I haven't done this before. Would you guys want to introduce yourselves to anyone that may not know you? Yeah, my name is uh, David Hines, my beautiful wife, Sarah, and our adoring two precious girls, Angela and Ava. <laughs> all glitter and all, huh? <laughs> Did you have anyone else that you wanted to bring up with you today? Just us. Perfect. That's great. Um, So we asked each family to prepare a few words like Ed said, but we didn't necessarily give them like a guideline. So I expect this will be a little different for each family. We just kind of asked them to share what was on God's heart for their family. So that being said, the mic is yours. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, One of my favorite things to do is to wake up early in the morning, knowing that my babies are asleep and snug as bugs in bed, and sneak away and get out for a, uh, a bike ride out at Hartman's and watch the sunrise start at dark and watch that transition. And uh, this morning was no different, except for this morning's ride, I, I got the chance to reflect upon myself, my life, my children's lives as they get to know God. And those thoughts brought about just an array of feelings and emotions for me. They, they grow so fast. Time goes by. You know, and I wish they would just stop. <laughs> but they don't. And part of that continuation is going to be knowing God and God's love and uh, through this church. Um, they're old enough now to be aware of God's love. Uh, They understand this Christian community. Uh, They they love it so much. We love this place so much so that Angela runs in the front door and sits in the front row. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Um, Also, I reflect on the the difficulties of raising children in this day and age. Um, The mistakes that I have made, and uh, more so, though, the positive impact that Sarah and I are, are making on their lives. We really try to make a difference and bring them up in a, in a positive Christian atmosphere. I wanted to share with you one thing that made a big difference in my life. I don't remember, know if you guys recall this. <laughs> Quite a basic statement. Be a man. Uh, Pastor Tom gave a sermon a year or two ago, uh, a sermon that really touched my heart stays with me every day. Simple words, profound impact. If you look at those words, be a man. And I was a man 149 (laughs) that day. And this stays with me. It lives in my car. I look at it every day. Every day it touches me. Just be a man. Do the best you can. And to wrap it up... 
I just wrote a few things down after that bike ride this morning. I scribbled, and hopefully they come out correctly with my intent. Um, all, the, all the joys and obstacles and accomplishments we experience, they're all directed under God's watchful eye and under that of this Christian community. It is true that it takes a community to raise a child. And with your blessing, Sarah and I choose this community to dedicate our children to. Um, We are confident that Angela and Ava will continue to grow and truly understand God through this church. (laughs) I was hoping I wouldn't have to yell, but... I think you're back on. And thank you so much. Um, Embrace us as we embrace you. If you guys have not had the opportunity to meet Dave and Sarah, truly amazing people. We are so blessed to have them here. We're we're so happy that you guys are here. We truly are. Yeah. Well, you might need that, I guess. Do I need this? Yeah, just a little bit. All right. So, I ask you, Dave and Sarah, as you are here today before God and his beloved people, we good? Yeah, okay. Do you understand that you are making a promise to the Almighty Himself and in partnership with those who have answered this call that are represented here today to provide Ava and Angela a Christian home filled with love and peace, grace and mercy? And do you vow to raise them in the truth of our Lord's instruction, such as those stated in Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6? Do you also vow to encourage and invest in your children's lives so that they too may one day have the opportunity to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We do. do. (laughs) And I ask all of you again, as the church body of believers here today, according to the old proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Do you offer your help, your counsel, your grace, and your accountability to Dave and Sarah as they pursue Jesus Christ and ask him to fill both their home and their lives of themselves and their children with the love and grace only Jesus can provide, knowing that God's greatest treasure is seeing his children walk with him, such as stated in the third letter of John. All right. You know what time it is. Let's send them out in style. Come on up. Josh, you want to take this one? Father God, it's been my pleasure to know Dave for quite some time, Lord, and to see you work in his life and Angela and Ava's life, Lord, and and Sarah and, and just how you've drawn them together, Lord. Father, we just pray for your continued blessing on them. Draw Dave and Sarah closer together in your love, Lord, as they, they raise these children. And I know that life gets hard and, and business gets busy and, and you run so many different ways with, with children, Lord. And Father, I just pray that there is always time for you, Lord, that uh, you will be in the forefront in the morning when they wake up. God, and just like Dave said, that, that he would see you in every sunrise in that, that peaceful time uh, before he starts his day, Lord. Father, I thank you for just the work you've done in their lives, Lord. 
for them to stand up and, and say, yes, we're going to raise our children to the best of our ability that they might know you better, Father. Um, Father, we just thank you for that. We praise you for um, their willingness to, to dedicate their children, Lord, and to make that stand and that commitment. Father, it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys are such a blessing to this church. You have no idea. But, oh, oh, no, doggone it. I think she needs another donut. Yeah, donut will fix that. Here's your, um, here's your stuff. Minor, Nicole said your kids already have Bibles, both of them, I think she said. Okay, okay. Thank you guys so much. We still got two more to go. Let's welcome to the stage Sticks and Family. <laughs> Stephen and Anna Walker, we call Stephen Sticks because he's our drummer. Um, you may have seen him in the glass cage up there. This one's a special one. Um, Stephen and Anna dedicated their son Philip when he was about that far along in a belly. And it worked out so well that they decided to just keep it rolling. Um, so, Stephen, do you want to introduce your family to us? So, like Ryan said, I'm Sticks, <laughs> Coach Sticks for softball. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, Steven, Philip, and that's <laughs> that's Anna. And plus one. Yeah, plus one. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, we, we asked Steven and Anna to say a few words about what dedication meant to them. and So, she made me do Philip, so she gets to do this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, one of the reasons we wanted to do it um, today, because we did Philip when I was still pregnant with him, um, just because, like, we, you know, it's up to God when we have children. It's not up to us. And we just want to put our faith in him um, with baby and um, have the guidance and the support and the joy that we see in our lives through God. And we want um, her to have that. Um, same feeling and um, hope to grow um, in Christ like we are and just watching Philip that you know between all of us that she can have that same experience <laughs> good you guys are so awesome um, as we move through this we have we have called this baby baby K because I guess there's a few names to be decided on, but K seems to be in there, so we're going to go with Baby K for today. <laughs> All right, Stephen and Anna, I ask you, as you are here today before God and his beloved people, do you understand that you are making a promise to the Almighty himself and in partnership with those who have answered his call that are here today to provide Baby K a Christian home filled with love and peace, grace and mercy, and do you vow to raise her in the truth of our Lord's instruction, such as those stated in Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6? Do you also vow to encourage and invest in your children's life so that they too may one day have the opportunity to tr trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? We do. We do. And again, I ask all of you, as the church body of believers here today, according to the old proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Do you offer your help, your counsel, your grace, and your accountability to Stephen and Anna as they pursue Jesus Christ and ask him to fill both their home and their lives of themselves and their children with the love and grace only Jesus can provide, 
knowing that God's greatest treasure is seeing his children walk with him, such as stated in 3 John. All right, guys, up, down, I know, but let's pray. Let's send these guys out. Let's pray over them. Eric, would you want to do this one? Father God, um, God, we just love these guys, and we just thank you so, so much for them. God, I thank you that you're growing them up um, just to be just a strong and mighty family for your kingdom and for for your name, God, and for your glory, Father. Um, God, thank we th- we just thank you for uh, Stephen and for Anna and for Philip and for and for Baby Kay um, or whatever her name ends up being, Lord, and and Anna's belly. God, we just. We just want to dedicate um, her to you to this morning, God, and not just for this morning, God, but for her whole life. Lord, we, we lift her up to you, God. We pray for your protection over her. We pray for your, your covering and your, your blanket, um, Lord, over her, God, of, of not only your protection, but, God, your favor and your love and, and uh, God, just your, your blessing on her, Lord. God, I pray that you will help um, Stephen and Anna as parents and Philip as a big brother and us as brothers and sisters, Lord, that, that we would keep them accountable and that we would, um, God, that we would just encourage and, and love her, God, just to be to be raised just in a, um, a Christian home and a Christian church that follows you with all of our hearts, Lord God. Lord, we pray for Anna's um, Anna's heart that you that you would have it from the even from now, God, even in the womb. Your your word says that um, that you form us in our mother's womb and that you already you already knew us, Lord, before we were born. And God, I thank you that you uh, know Baby Kay. And um, God, we just lift her up to you and just thank you. Um, for your hand on her this morning, God, and, and on this family, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Your, your family is such a, such a blessing to this church. We love you guys. All right, last but not least, my buddy Chris Brueggemann and clan. <laughs> I always feel so short next to Chris. <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell me who we got here today? Uh, okay, this is my family. Uh, my wife, Deborah, uh, my daughter, Mia, son, Luke, and Gemma. So if we would have gone first, she would have been awake, but oh, sorry. <laughs> <that's all right. laughs> um, and then this is Eli, our neighbor. Um, so I'll pass the mic off to Deb. I'll be brief because, as you moms know, when your time is coming for the baby to eat, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh. So, Gemma, thank God, um, Gemma has this piece right now, but you never know when she might wake up. So I'll make it brief. Um, one of Gemma's nicknames is Joyful Gemma. And, um, of course, Chris and I enjoy her so much, but it's been even extra special this time around because we have two older kids who can really enjoy this stage of um, just seeing an infant grow up. And Luke will hurry in the morning to get all of his chores done so he can come down and just rock with her in the rocker and just hold her. He will hold her for hours. Um, if, I, um, if I need him to, he's just amazing. He can't get enough of her. And Mia, um, I'd say probably 100 times a day, she says, Mom, oh, my gosh, she is so cute. Like she can, so yeah, she's the same thing. She just can't get enough of Gemma. 
So it's been really special to see Gemma grow up for Chris and I, but then through their eyes. And um, another blessing, the way that Gemma's been a blessing is um, we've just gone through some um, tough times as a family in the past couple years, and we just had a lifelong um, dream that um, didn't work out, and it was a real disappointment. And um, my youngest sister passed away, and um, Gemma's middle name is Ellen, and that's, that was her middle name too. And so I just feel like God knew that we needed a comfort and a joy and an encouragement, and he couldn't have done a better job than Gemma. So. Thanks, honey. Uh, a few things I think probably what scared me the most when I had uh, our first child, Mia, was just like, wow, now what do I do? You know, How do you train? You know, what do you do? Luckily, God figured it out, kind of like he figured out everything with our life through his word. Uh, Deuteronomy 4 through 7, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So I think uh, the first lesson there would be just that um, the parents uh, love each other and love God, most importantly, love each other through how they take care of each other, how we show love, forgiveness, um, humility. Um, all these things just get echoed to our kids. So um, second part of that on verse 7, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. It's just shocking how many teachable moments there really are. And when God's on your lips and in your hearts, just to teach that to your children, just through everything. Um, I guess more than anything, being up here with Gemma and my family, more than anything, I pray for my kids. Pray for them in a lot of ways, and I think everyone should. Pray for your kids when they're in diapers, in the middle of the night, when they're teething, when they're rebelling, when they're driving a car. Um, pray, also encourage, encourage them to get into the word, encourage them to know Jesus, just how important that is. Jesus is not only uh, their friend, but their advocate. Um, show them that a personal relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. Um, there's nothing that they can't handle that Jesus hasn't given to them. Um, so... With all that said, I think after we do our, our thing, I'd like to invite all the children up here to be prayed for, um, even the ones in the womb. I think there's a few. Um, but uh, I think it's fitting that since children are gifts from God, it's fitting that we give them back to God and raise them up. Yeah. For those of you that don't know Chris and Deb, they are... Pillars of strength before God. Such amazing people. All right. You ready? As you are here today before God and his beloved people, do you understand that you are making a promise to the Almighty himself and in partnership with those who have answered his call that are here today to provide Gemma a Christian home filled with love and peace, grace and mercy, and do you vow to raise her in the truth of our Lord's instruction 
such as those stated in Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians 6? Do you also vow to encourage and invest in your children's life so that they too may one day have the opportunity to trust in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? And again, I ask all of you, as the church body of believers here today, according to the old proverb, it takes a village to raise a child. Do you offer your help, your counsel, your grace, and your accountability to Deb and Chris as they pursue Jesus Christ and ask him to fill both of both their home and the lives of themselves and their children with the love and grace only Jesus can provide, knowing that God's greatest treasure is seeing his children walk with him, such as stated in Third John. Thank you. So let's do this. Let's pray for them, and then we'll bring all the kids up, and we'll let Chris pray for all the kids. Does that sound good? Okay. Let's do it. Stuart, could I ask you to say a few words for us? Thank you. Lord, we just thank you for Chris and Deborah, and um, I can't think of two finer parents to have. And uh, thank you for the words that he had in praying for our kids in all different circumstances. And I know that as kids get older, um, all kinds of things can happen. And we just pray for them that you will give them wisdom and strength help them to trust you in those difficult times that are sure to come to all of us. And uh, I, I just ask your blessing upon Gemma and uh, that you protect her and Luke and Mia and just raise them up um, close to your heart. I know their parents love them so much and love you most of all. And we just lift up them to you and pray that you take care of their needs. They would always keep their eyes on you. And we ask this in your son's precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Stuart. Kids, you want to hang out? I love Chris's idea. This is fantastic. As the kids are coming up, I just want to tell all you parents out there, if you haven't had the opportunity to dedicate your kids... You haven't lost your opportunity. We now are setting this up where it's an open invitation. And at any time that you feel that you'd want to dedicate your kids, we can do it. Um, so it, it's, you didn't miss out by not being here today, let me tell you. Okay. The circle. Awesome. Lots of kids. Cool. You guys all, can you see me? All right, let's pray, okay? Father God, uh, it's just so exciting to see uh, new life in this church. We just, we want to lift up all these children to you. We want them to uh, know you um, as their friend, as their advocate, as their Lord and Savior. These kids just grow up in honoring in you for having them here in the church and um, um, just the excitement. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Chris. You guys are dismissed. They've got some good stuff for you.
Thank you, Chris. Chris and Deb, did we lose you already? If you catch Chris and Deb, let them know we've got this for them up here. I'm going to set it right here so I don't spill on it. Okay. Like I was saying, this, this is now set up to where it, it's, an, it's an open call. Um, we're, we're happy to dedicate kids. If we've got to do it the next 47 Sundays, then guess what? <laughs> um, Nicole, our children's director, who could not be here today, is putting in place the opportunities so that we can can do this as needed. And she's working on kind of like a one-pager that'll be on the welcome booth. So any of you that either feel like you missed out or might be interested, grab Amanda, grab Nicole, grab one of the elders, and and, uh, we'll keep this rolling. You you certainly didn't miss out just by not getting it done today. Um, I know we've got a lot to do today. It's also Communion Sunday. I'm going to try to plow through this. Uh, the kid, the children's church still wanted to teach a message, um, and so I've, I've prepared one for you too. Uh, I promise I'm going to try to keep it under like two, two and a half hours. We'll get you out of here. <laughs> um, no, really, I, I know we got a lot going on today, and I'm going to try to try to plow through this. But I, I think this is important. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, kind of keeping in the theme of the child dedication and, and the theme of being a leader. Uh, this week as I was preparing, I was thinking a lot about being a, a Christian role model or even just a role model and what that looks like, how, how you be a leader, um, and kind of some of the challenges associated with that. I would submit to you that even if you're not a parent, or maybe your children are gone, or maybe you're one of the poor fifth graders that has to stay up here and listen to me now instead of going downstairs and having fun, um, any of you, I would, I would submit every one of you in this room today has someone in your life that, that is looking up to you. You may not know it. You may not feel like it. But I all but guarantee there's at least one person and probably many, many more that are looking to you as an example, even if you don't know it. Um, some of you younger folks, you think, well, how could that be? I, you know, I'm just a kid. First Timothy tells us this in chapter 4. It says, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Again, I would submit to you that no matter what stage of life you are in, there is somebody, be it a sibling, a friend, a coworker, or maybe someone you don't even know is watching you. They're looking up to you. Um, and while it feels daunting I think it's an extreme blessing, too. Um, I, I have to admit, there's been a couple of times in my life where someone has said, hey, I've been watching you through this time. Or, and it, it caught me extremely, extremely off guard, never expecting that that person would be looking, why, why me? You, you know? And I would, would argue that there's those people in all of, all of your lives as well. Um, I think it's also important to mention that we all need role models, right? Not, not just as kids. There's kind of this mentality that 
Kids have to have role models. Well, adults do too. I, I would suggest that we all look up to people at every stage of our life. Every different stage, we need different people that we can look up to and learn from and lean on. Um, and I think those can come in so many different forms. Uh, oftentimes we're surprised by, by who these role models are. I want, in my life, I've been so, so incredibly blessed. I can't tell you guys how fortunate I feel. Um, my parents, of course, my, my dad and they are like best friends. I, I'm telling you, we still hunt together. We fish together. We're, we're buddies. My dad is so important to me. My mom, we can talk about anything. My mom and I just have this deep mother-son connection. I, I'm so blessed. But there's a lot of other people in my life that I look up to. Some of them may be unexpected. Um, there's a lot of people in this room that I have a great amount of respect for. Uh, I, I'm humbled to be in front of you today. Um, in fact, I wanted to point out one. Um, some of you may have met earlier, my in-laws. <laughs> well, welcome to church. Put you on the spot. <laughs> um, in-laws, for some reason, seems to be this word that carries like a negative connotation, right? Um, I, I haven't experienced that in my life. I am so incredibly blessed by these people. Um, I, I don't know that Vicky and I have ever sat down and really told them, but you're so calm and so wise. We have so much respect for them. And clearly they raised great kids, right? <laughs> That's obvious. <laughs> Vicky's sister is here today as well. I hope and I pray each and every day that I'm giving your daughter the respect that she deserves because she is so special to me. Role models come in many different forms. Oftentimes the word in-law would not be associated as a role model, right? As, as I was working through this this week, I was kind of reminded of a song. These lyrics of a song popped up in my head. And against Tom's better judgment, we talked about this Thursday night, I've, I've written down here the lyrics to a country song. <laughs> now, I, I just want to clarify right up front. We talked about this in elders meetings this week. Tom does not believe that country music will keep you out of heaven. I just, <laughs> I, I just, wanted, just wanted to clarify that before we dove into this. Um, and, and despite Tom's better judgment, I think we're going to go for it today. There's this song. It's sung by some guy. You might have heard him. His name's Rodney Atkins. <laughs> um, I'm just going to read through these. Uh, the song starts out like this, and I'm no singer, so forgive me. I'm just going to read them. Um, that's why we have these fine folks, right? <laughs> um, the song goes like this. Driving through town, just my boy and me, with a happy mill in his booster seat. Many of you have heard this song, right? knowing that he couldn't have the toy until his nuggets were gone. A green traffic light turned straight to red. I hit my brakes and mumble under my breath. His fries went a-flyin' and his orange drink covered his lap. Well then, my four-year-old said a four-letter word. It started with S, and I was concerned. <laughs> so I said, son, now where did you learn to talk like that? And he said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo, I want to be like you. Eat all my food and grow as tall as you are. We got cowboy boots and camel pants. We're just alike. Hey, ain't we dad? I want to do everything you do, so I've been watching you. We go back home, and I went to the barn. 
I bowed my head and I prayed real hard. I said, Lord, please help me help my stupid self. Sidebar, that might be like one of the greatest prayers ever, right? <laughs> Lord, please help me help my stupid self. Then this side of bedtime later that night, turning on my son's Scooby-Doo nightlight, he caught, crawled out of bed, got onto his knees, he closed his little eyes, folded his little hands, and spoke to God like he was talking to a friend. And I said to him, son, now where did you learn to pray like that? He said, I've been watching you, Dad. Ain't that cool? I'm your buckaroo. I want to be like you. Some pretty prophetic words in that song, isn't there? And in all reality, the theme of this song is very simple. Actions speak louder than words, right? That, that is the theme of the song. Actions speak louder than words. And maybe you're not a father. The theme of this song still applies. That person in your life is watching you. How many parents have said, or how many of your parents have said to you, do as I say, not as I do? <laughs> do, you know, do you know why we do that? Because being a role model is tough, right? I mean, we're not, I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure not perfect. Um, there was one that was, and I don't think I'm him, right? It, life is tough. Um, have I been a perfect dad? Have I been a perfect husband? To their daughter? Probably not. But doggone it, I'm trying, right? I'm trying. Isaiah 29 says this. And the Lord said, Because these people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and the fear of me is commandment taught by men. Lip service, right? That's what God's talking about right here. Lip service. You're saying this with your mouth. But your heart is over here closed off. Actions speak louder than words. Um, I, you, if you guys have listened to me up here before, you know that I love parables. I, I, I'm just—I'm not that smart. I'm kind of—I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. And parables kind of dumb it down for me. You know, <laughs> helps me understand some of these things. Um, Matthew 21, in verse, starting in verse 28, is the parable of the two sons. And I think this is exactly what we're talking about. It's so good. Um, So this is Jesus here, right? He says, what do you think? A man had two sons, and he went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. But after he changed his mind, and he went. And he went to the other son. The father went to the other son and said the same. And he answered, I will go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the first, Jesus. Actions speak louder than words, right? The son that said he would go and did not, did not obey the will of God. There's another question that we talk about from time to time. Is being a role model, being a Christian role model, tougher in 2016? I would argue absolutely. Um, We live in a culture that idolizes role models who do not exude the love of Jesus. I'm not saying all of them, but there are certainly a lot of people in the media, on the TV, people that our children are looking up to. They don't have respect for themselves. They don't have respect for others. Are those the types of role models we really want in our children's lives or the people around us? 
We live in a country where sin is legal, right? We don't even know which bathroom to go into anymore. (laughs) Being a role model in 2016 is tough, right? It kind of makes you the exception, perhaps. I want to step aside for a second and make the argument that these things apply even if you don't believe in Jesus, right? Step aside for a second and think, who doesn't want to be known as an honest person? Who doesn't want to be known as confident but not cocky, right? These attributes apply to everyone. As you come to know Jesus, as many of us here today have, I think you will find that these moralities and these ethics come directly from God, and therefore the two are not separated, but indeed one. But for the sake of argument, if you are sitting there today, maybe feeling like you're on the outside looking in, what of these things would not benefit you? Even if you don't have a faith or a belief in Jesus, being this person makes you a stronger person, doesn't it? Um, You still... You still have someone looking up to you, probably many, right? And let's be honest, perceptions of other people have huge influences in our life, huge, huge influences. And what are the perceptions of other people going to be to you if you are trustworthy and honest and you're leading by example, whether you believe in Christ or not? Okay. I in an effort to dumb this down a little bit, I've identified four steps to helping us be better role models. Um, I had originally written in here four steps to being a better Christian role model. But again, I think this applies either way. I really, truly do. Whether you're a parent, you're a student, and you're talking about your friends, it doesn't matter what age you are, what generation, these apply. Okay, step one, lead by example. It's kind of redundant. I know we've talked about this, but actions do speak louder than words, just like the parable. Which of the two sons obeyed God's will? Which one, at the end of the day, would have been found more trustworthy? The son that said he wouldn't go and did, or the son that said he would go and did not? Be a follower of Jesus even when it's not cool. I know it's tough sometimes. This is still step one. Be by example. Especially for those of you in school, maybe in a workplace, it's hard sometimes to be a follower of Jesus in this world that we live in. Um, I would argue that the impact of being that type of person is exemplified as it becomes rarer and rarer. So just think about that. The the rarer that type of person becomes, the more impact you're going to have on other people's lives by being that type of person. Tom always says, you can't give what you ain't got, right? You got to fill yourself up, right? You have to take care of yourself first so that you can lead by example, right? When your cup fills up and runs over, that's when you're being this role model for other people. Fill yourself up. Work hard in everything you do. My great-grandfather used to say, and yours probably did too, anything worth doing is worth doing right. If you're in a job you hate, Give the glory to God and knuckle down and do it anyways, right? And it doesn't matter whether that applies to school, work, your hobby, raising kids. Take pride in everything that you do. My mother and father-in-law are incredible examples of this. Okay, step one, lead by example. Step two, be trustworthy. 
Your word is your bond. Right? Stay true to your word. Do you all remember a movie, God, probably 15, 20 years ago, the movie Hook? It was with Robin Williams and like it was growing up Peter Pan. This scene came to my mind when I was going through this. At the very beginning of that movie, Robin Williams is flying with his family to Wendy's home, right? And he's talking with his son. And he's been, Robin Williams has been so engrossed with work that he's missed like all of his kids' baseball games. And he's making a promise to his kid, I will be at your next baseball game. And he says to him, my word is my bond. And the son says, yeah, junk bond, right? That's, the kid did not believe a word that his father was saying because his actions didn't, lead his, didn't follow his words. Um, it takes a lifetime to build trustworthiness. It only takes an instant to lose it. We did a study in the uh, Tourism Association Board that I sit on. We did a study a few years ago about people's... Um, experience like tourists as they come and visit the valley we did these like exit surveys to kind of find out what they liked and what they didn't like what we found out of that is it took and i I don't remember the exact numbers it's been a couple of years but it took roughly like 20 positive impressions for a person to say that they had a good trip a positive experience and it only took one one negative experience for them to say that their whole trip was was terrible It's the same with trustworthiness. Someone can depend on you time and time and time again, but you let them down one time, and it's gone. All of it. I think a good goal for all of us to have is to say that when we're done and gone, when we have moved on, the people standing around that room would look back and say, he or she was always true to their word. Be trustworthy. Number three, be humble. Be humble. I think one of the greatest mistakes we can make, even if you are like class A, top-notch citizen of the year, is to allow people to put you on this pedestal, put you above themselves, make you this flawless person. Because none of us are perfect, and none of us are above each other. Allow people to see your mistakes. None of us are perfect. You want to find a true leader? He's the one that owns his mistakes. I'm not talking about airing your dirty laundry, okay? <laughs> um, we kind of have this unspoken rule in basketball. I ref basketball in the winter times, And the unspoken rule is take care of your own stuff. <laughs> the, 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 the general thought there is if you mess something up, you take care of it. And I think I've mentioned this before, but one of the very best things we can do as an official is to go to a coach and say, Coach, I really blew that one. I'm sorry. That, that has the greatest calming effect of anything we have in our tool bag as an official is the ability to go to the coach and say, I messed that one up. You gain more respect from a coach by doing that than you ever will by just charging on and saying, I got it right. It applies to our life. Admit that you're not perfect. People respect that. I've been fascinated, like many of you, by this gorilla story this last week. I'm sure you guys know what I'm talking about, right? The kid that climbs in the gorilla cage. It amazed me, and we talked about this at elders meeting this week, how fast people were to start throwing stones at the mother. I mean, just like instantaneously, social media 
is blowing this poor lady up. I'll ask, which of any of you parents out there have not had that split-second moment where you're like, where's my kid? I'm, but yet, these people were so fast to beat this lady up. Just last weekend, just last Monday afternoon, my family and I, we went up to the mountains and had a, just a little campfire, cooked some hot dogs. We couldn't go camping, but we needed to get out and see some, some uh, green leaves, you know? And... We were playing around the campfire. Vicky was playing with Ada, and Hoyt and I were uh, trying to build a fire the old-fashioned way, and didn't happen, by the way. <laughs> and Jace was kind of playing not too far. We could hear him. He was throwing rocks and sticks and building forts, and all of a sudden, we just kind of had this realization, like, we don't hear him anymore. And Vicky and I kind of had that, like, oh, I thought you were watching him. I thought you were. It, that fast, that fast, it happens. Which of you have not lost your kid in a grocery store or, you know, turned around and they're gone. Yet these people are so fast to crucify this woman. Remember where the Bible says you're so quick to see the speck in others' eyes, but you don't see the log in your own? It's the world we live in. Let other people understand that they are no different than you. We are all flawed and we can all get better, right? Okay. Lastly, number four. Where was Jake? <laughs> he was just over the deal. <laughs> we, we were scared, too, because the creek was ripping. And, of course, our instant thought was, oh, he's in the water. I, I'm telling you, my heart for like two minutes was just, <gasps> he was just being Jace, super Jace. Um, okay, number four. The greatest gift you can give anyone in your life is the gift of time. It's greater than money. It's greater than things. You want to really, truly bless someone, give them the gift of your time. I struggle with this sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Life is hectic, especially in the summertime, trying to make a living in Gunnison, Colorado, right? A couple of years ago, well, it's been more than a couple now, but when Vicky and I were running the marinas and the sign shop for those two summers, it was crazy nutso. And Vicky forced me to say between 7 and 8 o'clock every night is family time. And I ensured most of the time that I was home by 7. And even though it was just an hour, I can tell you my kids looked forward to that hour all day, every day. The gift of time. I could have bought them all the toys in the world and it would not have replaced that hour to them. Um, We all know that dad that works crazy hard and never spends time with their kids, and they say, I'm just providing for my family. I'm trying to give them the life I didn't have. If you're not in their life, they're not going to have that life that you didn't have either. Some of you may be thinking, okay, so I give my time. I meet with this person that is looking up to me. What do I say? We don't have anything in common. I don't know what to tell them. I've struggled with that. Here's a quick tip. All you have to do is encourage them. Just encourage them. Tell them what a blessing they are, how God made them to be the person that they are, and he has a plan in their life. That's it. Just tell them how great they are. That's all it takes. Okay. Just trying to get you out of here by 1030. We're going to be close. We're not going to quite make it. Um... 
If I could leave you with only one thing today, if you remembered only one little tidbit from today's message, it's this. Actions speak louder than words. Even if you're shy, even if you don't feel comfortable leading, even if you're scared to death at the thought of being a role model, all you have to do is live your life, model it after Jesus, and that will speak louder than any words you could ever speak. Today is, today is Communion Sunday, um, as we talked about earlier. As we head into Communion this Sunday, I invite any of you that have accepted Jesus into your life. We have, uh, Bethany, what we call an open communion. Um, and any of you that have accepted Jesus, you're more than welcome to partake in this. If you haven't quite got there yet, let's hold off. Um, and until you have the love of Jesus in your, in your heart, it's just bread and, bread and juice. Um, for the rest of you, you know, as, as we take communion, it's, it's remembrance, right? Jesus, the night before his crucifixion, said, this is my body broken for you. Remember what I have done. This is my blood poured out. As we come forward and take communion today, I want to leave you with this verse. Matthew 5.16 says this. In the same way, let your, sh- let your light shine down before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. If nothing else, let your communion prayer be today, let my light shine. (laughs) Lord, fill me up and let my light shine. All right, come forward as you feel led. Grab some communion, and we'll close it out here in a couple minutes.